Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Crime Kooks with your hosts, Emily and Rachel, where we talk about crimes and perpetrators. Today, we are going to talk about the Hollywood Ripper, a killer who has claimed to have killed more women than the police know of. So um, his real name is Michael Garzullo. He was born February 15th, 1976 in Glenview, Illinois. So that is actually going to be the day that we drop this, which I think is so funny. I mean, we did perfectly plan it. We did. Um, All for his birthday to celebrate, you know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes him currently 46 years old at the time of this recording. So right now he would have been 46 and he's turning 47 the day we post it? Yeah, he's 45 right now. So the day we post this, like, it will be his birthday, um, like 2022, February 15th, um, he will be 46. Ooh. Yeah. He is young, which means his murders are very, very close to um, our age. Like, the year you were born, uh, he killed his third person. Third person? I think it was third person. Nope. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter, but we'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) So he attended Glenbrook. Uh, South High School, and he was a football player. He was friends with uh, Doug Picaccio, uh, the brother of his first victim, uh, and he was known in the neighborhood as a short-tempered, violent bully. Um, he moved to LA in 1998, and while he was there, he worked as an air conditioner, repairman, and a plumber. Is that like how he met his victims? Um. It's how he met two of his victims. So we'll actually find out that whenever he was younger, he killed um, someone while he was in high school. And then the other two women were in LA. Interesting. Um, Yeah. When I tell you it was difficult to find stuff on him, I mean, I could fit his entire wiki page on just one, like there was no need to scroll. (laughs) So So did he only kill like, how many did you say he killed? He killed three women and attempted to murder another one. Okay, so he's, like, barely a serial killer. Not to, like, be like that, but three is technically the cutoff. That's what I'm saying. But he tried. He did. I don't see why you would apologize either. It's not like that's a good accomplishment. (laughs) Well, no, like, I'm I'm just, like, trying not to, like, minimize, because he did still kill three people. But I'm just saying, that's, like, the minimum. I know. He tried to make it four, though. That makes it sound really bad. Anyways, so um, he was known as the Hollywood Ripper, the Chiller Killer, and the Boy Next Door Killer. Um, In my personal opinion, I think he should have been called the Sloppy Slaughterer because he was really sloppy with his work. Like, did he leave evidence behind or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, then that makes sense why he's not so soon. Yeah, yeah. Let's start out with our fun friend, Trisha. Um, She was in high school. Uh, She died on August 14th, 1993. Um, The 18-year-old girl was killed on the side door of her home. So, like, you know how some houses have, like, a door on the side of their house? Yeah, yeah, so I figured a side door was. Well, I just wanted to make sure because some people would be like, what the actual frick-frack paddywhack is that, you know? (laughs) Yes, in those exact words. Yeah. Wait, so, like, she was killed if she was, like, going in or, like, going out? 
as she was going in. So um, she had been hanging out with some friends uh, and between one and 2 a.m., someone had approached her as she was entering her house, twisted her left arm, snapping it, uh, and then stabbed her six times, um, all being in the heart, the lung, the abdomen, the arm, the collarbone, and the back. Wow, just like everywhere. Yeah, man, obviously, so one thing that's important to note about um, stabbings is because it's so violent, it's typically someone the victim knows. Yeah, so this is the this is the one, the victim who had the brother that he knew. Right, exactly, and we'll get into that. So her dad had found her the next morning on his way to walk the dog, uh, and both parents were sent to the hospital in a shock um whenever they found out because you know oh my god my daughter is laying in front of me in a pool of blood on our front porch side porch whatever you said that you were the one who emphasized the side door i know i know but um one thing that is very important which is why i say we should call him the sloppy slaughter is there was unknown dna under her fingernail uh and it was not tested until new detectives took over the case for the second victim okay so basically what you're telling me is again the reason he didn't get caught so fast is because of sloppy police work yes and okay dna under her fingernail i feel like that's actually more common than you think it is it is but so um we'll just give me a couple seconds (laughs) so Michael uh, Garzulo's um, DNA matched what was under her fingernail, but no one bothered to inform the family aside from an investigator in 2006. Um, And if you, the reason for that is because if you recall, he is a friend of her brother, which means he's been in the house a couple of times. So one of the excuses is, oh, so you know, it could be DNA from when she was in the house earlier. She touched something he touched, and there you have it. Um, they also attended school together, but they were hardly acquaintances. Um, and one thing that is also really interesting to note is when they got his DNA, he asked strange questions like, they can't find my DNA from 10 years ago at a crime scene, can they? And okay. then, well, that's suspicious when the i know right and then whenever the people asked him about it they're like what the heck are you talking about he goes never mind wait so hold on you said that they were in school but they were hardly acquaintances but they were also like friends so like no his friend uh was her brother they did not associate with one another oh so okay so it's like a friend of a friend Mm -hmm. okay exactly um So yeah, but fun stuff, all sorts of fun stuff. They couldn't charge him with just that proof, however, because he had been in their home before, like I said. And also the day prior, he had offered her a ride home while she was walking home from school or something. And uh, she took it, so the DNA could have been from the car. Uh, Someone else in the car argued that she absolutely had not touched him whatsoever. but there's also, you know, by chance, and his DNA's all over the car, it's his. 
Um, it's also argued that she showered later on, like took a long shower later. So all that DNA should have been washed off. But also she, so you know how you were like, well, why wasn't there DNA from other people and stuff, you know? Yeah. She had hugged her friends and boyfriend goodbye whenever she was hanging out with them and she went to leave. None of their DNA was on her. And you would think a hug versus a single, oh, I touched the TV remote (laughs) that he touched too, you know? So basically like what you're saying is that the only possible way his DNA could have gotten under her fingernails is like if she like scratched him or something like that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of like showing that... Yeah, there's no possible way that Nick could have gotten under, so it had to have been him. Exactly. But Whoa. there's more for her later. Um, like you said, sloppy detective work. So that's basically where it ended. Um, there's a whole super long article on her. I loved reading it. Okay, I probably shouldn't say loved because, like, I loved reading about this person dying. Um, that is not at all what I mean in any way, shape, or form. It was just, it was very descriptive. And it was written in like a narrative form. Uh, and it gave me a lot of the information about him uh, from before he started killing. Because like I said, there was not anything about him before the murders on Wiki. You know, I get what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, then he moves to LA and he's, you know, chill for a while. And then he meets this girl named Ashley Ellerin. Um, She was 22 when she was murdered. Uh, on February 21st, 2001, in her apartment in LA. Fun fact, I learned about this case originally. I didn't know he was called the Hollywood Ripper um, because in where I found it, he was called something else. But I remembered the case once I got to her, Ashley Ellerin, because there is a whole Dateline episode on this dude. What? Yeah, there's a whole Dateline episode on this guy. Like, he was on Dateline? No, like, I mean, kind of. Like, you know, Dateline is where they talk about murders, right? No, I didn't know that. It sounds like a dating show. That's what I thought, too, originally. But, like, my mom and I have been watching Dateline, and that's just what it is. So we were like, oh, okay. Huh. Um, but it was centered around Ashley, because she's the most prominent of all of them, because she was special and we'll get to why she was special um so she was 22 when she was murdered on february 21st 2001 in her apartment in la um she was an aspiring fashion designer and she was dating ashton kutcher from the 70s show that is what made her special and unique was the oh my god this girl who's dating a celebrity was murdered i was about to say i feel like i've heard that name somewhere before Oh, yeah. He's also in, um, if you don't know the 70s show, because I don't know the 70s show. Um, I've seen it, like, on Netflix. I've never actually watched it, though. Yeah, neither have I. I've seen it on there. I was like, uh, no thanks. He's also the one who replaces Charlie in Two Broke Men. Maybe that's why he killed the nope, girlfriend. two and a half men. <laughs> yeah, he, he, killed, he killed the girlfriend because he was mad about it. Mm-hmm. Well, here comes some fun stuff. So prior to her murder, a certain repairman, who was 24 at the time, met her and fixed her flat tire. There had been concerns that she had developed a stalker when the killer had begun to show up at her door at random, offering to fix things. 
which as you know, he was a repairman and a plumber. So yeah, that night Kutcher had been late to their date. So when he arrived late and got no answer at the door, he just assumed she was mad and had already left. Or just, you know, given up on him for the night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so at that time, he peeked into the window to double check, uh, and he had seen red stains on the floor. She was a party girl and also a bit messy, uh, similar to a college party uh, type of person. So a couple of days prior, she had a house party. Um, so at the sight of red, he just assumed it was red wine, you know? Yeah, I was actually going to ask that. I was like, did he just assume it was like alcohol or something? Yeah, I mean, she was that age. She was young enough to be like a party person because, you know, apparently a lot of people who are in their early 20s are like, woo, party all night. Don't stop till you drop, you know? Yeah. I mean, might as well. Wait, so you said she was, what was she, 24? Uh, He was, um, she was 22. Um, Garzulo was 24. Okay. Yes. So anyway, so next day he found out um, that it was her blood and she had been stabbed uh, 47 times. Um, I found out that it was, uh, she wasn't found until the morning because her roommate had left her keys at her boyfriend's house. Uh, When she knocked on the door, uh, she assumed that, you know, the girl was asleep and she just went back to her boyfriend's house. Oh, well, that's Yeah, so since she was at her boyfriend's house, she just stayed the night there, went back the next morning. What do you know? Roommate's dead. That's always Um, fun. Yeah, so instantly, Kutcher called the police and told them he had been there uh, because, you know, he was like, oh, my God, my fingerprints are on the door. And he was told he was not a suspect. Well, yeah, I wouldn't think so, especially if he only stopped by there like once and they mentioned she had a stalker, so I assume the police knew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun stuff. So the next one, which is the year that you were born. Ooh, I feel so special. I know. Uh, is Maria Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno is all that I can think of every single time I hear her name and I feel bad, but also. Hold, hold on. Give me context. Is that a movie? Oh, we don't talk about Bruno is the song in the new movie uh, from Disney, Encanto. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Yes. Well, it's a good movie. You should try it out. But anyways, so uh, Maria Bruno is a 32-year-old woman of L.A., and she had four kids um, before she died December 1st, 2005. She was recently separated from her husband, and having just moved into her apartment, she chose specifically because it was very secure and safe. Um, she had just gone to sleep uh, and the killer broke in through the kitchen window. Oh, well, that's so, unfortunate. Just so happened that her neighbor was a man named Michael Garzulo. Really? You don't say? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Very. Um, she had been stabbed 17 times and was mutilated. Um, that being that he had almost completely removed her head um, and he had chopped off her chest, putting some of it in her mouth. Like her own chest? 
Yeah, like her chest, like. Oh, okay. What what the? Yes. The only thing um, that was like weird is they found a blue medical booty outside her apartment. More on that later. Yeah. Wait, is that like one of those things that you put over your shoe to like keep the blood from getting on it? I think so. And then that would make like a lot of sense. Well, yeah, because you don't, well, that would still create footprints, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. It must have been, I guess, first shoes. Didn't want to get, you know, ruin his new shoes or something. Right. I don't know. I thought it was weird that he had a booty. It could be like something else, but (laughs) I knew you were going to laugh when I said that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. But well, it's, so, yeah, okay. No, never mind. Never mind. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll shut up about the booty. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. His last victim was Michelle Murphy. Um, she died on Monday. Well, she did not die. This is the one who is still alive. Um, or at least she survived. Um, and the attempt was on Monday, uh, sometime in April of 2008. Uh, She had been asleep for about an hour before waking up to a man straddling her, stabbing her arm and chest. Uh, Always love waking up to that. Oh, yeah. So in an attempt to save herself, she grabbed uh, the knife that he was using by the blade and kicked the man off the bed. And during the struggle, he cut himself. The man, whenever he went to leave, because, you know, oh, my God, now he has stuff in the crime scene. He's there. The victim's awake. She's fighting back. Uh, he goes to say, you know, this whole time she's been screaming, uh, asking, you know, why are you doing this? And he just says, I'm sorry. And that's the only response he's given to her. And that's just before she leave. He, he left. So after he leaves, she locked the door and the window in her living room. Um, that's what the attacker had crawled in through. Uh, to which she then called her boyfriend, who she had been with for two months, before calling the police. Well, I mean, she might have thought she was dying, so I guess I can kind of see why she do that. I get that, but also, if someone just tried to murder me, he could, you know, I'm in the mindset that someone else could die from this guy, right? Tonight. Um- because obviously he has a weapon. He's looking to kill. I'm going to call the police because he could still be in the area. And then when the police are on their way, I'm going to call my, you know, boyfriend and be like, hey, it's not looking good. Yeah, or don't blame her. She's the one who just got stabbed. No, I don't blame her at all. I just think there are, it was strange to call her boyfriend rather than try and get in contact with any of her kids or anything. but it doesn't matter her boyfriend and her are actually now married so oh that's nice I know good for them right but here comes the best part is his ending um it's the favorite part as we all know um Garzulo was arrested on June 6th in 2008 um obviously they had a witness now so it was like easy uh they had found him in a parking lot in a search of his car, produced some blue medical booties. Really, like like the ones that they found on the doorstep. Or... Mm-hmm. Yes. Of um of Bruno. With that connection, he um 
one of the detectives looked back into the cases and found that he had lived near um, many of the victims at the time of their death. In fact, detectives returned to his uh, home across from Murphy's, um, Michelle Murphy, uh, the one who survived, uh, which was vacant and found the matching blue booty in the attic, the one that was outside of Maria's or in her yeah. car. It didn't specify which one, but it was matched to something that was at, you get the point. Um, a skin cell test matched it to Garzulo. So he couldn't even be like, well, just because it was in my attic doesn't mean I put it there. I'm not the only person who lived there. Yeah, I mean, now they'll finally listen to like all the skin cell and DNA evidence that they have on him. Exactly, because now they have DNA evidence linking him to two murders and an attempted murder where the girl saw him. <laughs> uh, they linked him to Ellerin's murder through her friends after they informed police he had recently nudged himself into their friend group after fixing something for her. Having already been in jail for the attempted murder in September 2008, he had the charges for Ellerin and Bruno added to his plate. Um, so he ended up being tried for all three murders, um, including um, Trisha's. The first trial took place in California because obviously that's where he got arrested. Um, and it was for his actions there, which were the, you know, two murders and his um, attempted murder. He denies the fact that he killed the three girls, but he was charged nonetheless. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I, I tried to ask you this, but uh, you, you were on a roll, but did he, did he get charged for life? Is that what you said or? Oh, so we're, we're getting there. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I want to hear, I want to hear this. I know it's fun, isn't it? I mean, not for, not for his victims, but yeah. Not for his victims and not for him, but. Uh, during the trial, he uh, was faced with his fourth attempt, Michelle Murphy, who had Garzulo's blood in her home. Because if you remember, she ended up cutting him with the knife whenever she grabbed it. Yeah. So, you know, now not only does, do they have DNA evidence linking him to two murders, they also have an attempted murder DNA evidence where literally his blood is in her home after she cut him while he was stabbing her. It's hard to cover that up. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. During uh, one of his trials, he allegedly stated just because 10 women were killed and his DNA was present does not mean he murdered anyone. Sure, so, sure, pal. I'm surprised he didn't win the case, honestly. I know. Honestly. Shocker. <laughs> but then the question is, did he say that just to throw people off or and like make them live in constant wonder? Or did he actually kill 10 people? <laughs> think that things making anyone wonder yeah fair this guy he doesn't sound very intelligent well they never are but um eventually a couple of his friends from when he was younger came onto the stand to speak against him one stated that garzulo said i stabbed the girl and the other said that he left a victim on the step for dead you know on the step on the side of a house for instance both were in reference to uh, Trisha's murder. Um, so yeah, now that two friends have said, on top of his reputation back at home, 
all of the DNA evidence they have against him, the literal victim who got to see the man's face. <laughs> I mean, he's done for. Uh, they did give him a death sentence in Illinois, um, but his punishment, no, not in Illinois, in LA. California gave him the death sentence. Um, in Illinois, he got um, just prison time. But I figured the death sentence was more significant. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So he's just vibing in prison right now. Yeah, literally, he is. He's vibing in prison right now. He's going to turn 46 uh, the day we drop this in 2022. Um, I'm still so excited that we're doing that. It's kind of ironic that it lines up. But um, yeah, so a lot of death could have been avoided if Trisha's case had been handled properly the first time. Like you said, um, there was a lot of sloppy work with the detectives, um, which is not thrilling in any way, shape, or form. Because if Ellerin and um, Bruno could still be alive and Murphy wouldn't have, you know, the trauma of someone trying to literally murder her. So basically, like pretty much every other case we've covered, if the police had been maybe a little more careful, then it wouldn't have turned out so bad. Mm-hmm. See, I just think there's like something about it, because you said like, what, well, when did these take place? Like 80s, 90s? Uh, the first one was in the 90s, and then the others were all in the 2000s. Yeah, see, I think our police department have, de- have definitely gotten, like, a bit better with handling cases like these, but I have to say, like, things in, like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, like, you'll find a lot of cases that are just like this, and it's kind of sad. I know, I know. I'm just surprised, because, you know, the ones in, like, the 50s and in, like, the 70s, 60s, there was, like, a lot going on, you know, like, Cold War, stuff like that, so it makes, like, sense and all of that. For police work to be a, li- a little shoddy because they've got you know all this other scary stuff happening yeah um but I don't think I know of anything that was happening in the 90s yeah you know I'm not a I history mean? buff I'm not, yeah I'm no history buff so I can't tell you yeah but you know I mean, like I said, we all know brutal uh, knife murders are personal, so they really should have looked into more people that she knew. But whatever. Um, Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Crime Kooks, and tune in next time to hear about the I-70 killer. Yes, I'm very excited for that one. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Emily's thrilled we're going to have a guest star. Again, I'm Rachel. And I'm Emily. Don't be stupid. Stupid. And stay okay, safe. No. And stay safe. No. Okay, wait, wait. Hold on. Three, two, one. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid and, and stay, stay safe. safe. Good enough.